Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Have you ever heard of Bet365? I have, yeah. I'm yeah. not on it, but I'm so, familiar with it. So, you know, this weekend is, you know, online sports gambling kicked off in Kentucky. You know, all these things have deals. And so I've been firmly entrenched in DraftKings like you, but I got a fan duel and I got like some free bets. But Bet365, and if you want to sign up for it, you can, asterisk. Um, but um, they gave you $365 in bonus bets. Oh, and, I, and, and with a bonus bet, typically, you know, you don't win back how much you put in. You only get your winnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I turned 365 into like 450 this weekend. Okay. Yeah, nice. you know, and that was just that. So um, definitely the what quite possibly the most successful gambling weekend of my life, just college football. Yeah, did you um, hit like a big parlay or was there I, anything I did. of note? I did. I don't know if you kept track of that Ole Miss LSU game, but I had a parlay. Ole Miss plus three and a half. And, and they won, right? They, they did, barely. So yeah. Ole Miss plus three and a half, and I had the over. So they hit the over, I think, in the first half. Oh, but wow. Ole Miss, you know, scored a touchdown to go ahead, and they were up by four. Four or, se- some, four or seven. And LSU – or I think it was seven. And LSU was driving, and um, Ole Miss had, like, stopped them on fourth down, but then there was a PI penalty. So they had time for one more play at, like, the 20. You know, and if they would have completed that pass – you know, I would have lost that, but no, yeah. yeah, no, I put like, can be a fine line sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I put like 75 in there and that turned into like a hundred something. So that was definitely the, yeah, the I, big one. Yeah. I needed, if the Arizona Cardinals would have covered plus 15 against the Niners, I would have hit one, nothing yeah. big, but five to pay out like 40 or something like that. Yeah. And so the Niners were on the one yard line uh-huh. at the two minute warning and Cardinals had no timeouts, and they were up 12. So yeah. it's like meaningless touchdown. Hopefully they'll just kneel it out like I think the Chiefs yeah. did last Yeah, then they slid. Yeah. Or no, you slid, and then they kneeled and it out. Kneeled. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I at least I have a chance. And, of course, McCaffrey scores his fourth touchdown, and yeah. I lose. But, like, I mean, yeah, the game was over by all intents and purposes. Yeah. I, I had an NFL parlay for um, Derrick Henry, 50-plus receiving yards, got it. Jamar yeah. Chase, 75 plus. No, it's Derrick Henry rushing yards. Yeah. Jamar Chase receiving yards, 75, and he got 73. Oh, and damn. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but that was a bet 365 thing. So I didn't lose any money there. But like, I had the hardest time getting my money back from them because I do th- my shit through PayPal. Mm-hmm. And you have to put your legal name in there. My legal name is Reginald Rand. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, uh, and so my PayPal is under Beaumont Rand. My Venmo's under that too because that's what everyone calls me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, bet three six five. When I tried to withdraw, they were like, "Well, the PayPal's not under your legal name, so we can't do it." Damn. So I had to go change my PayPal. I tried again. They still wouldn't do it. And so I like called them and waited on hold for like thirty minutes. And I was like, "Give me my fucking money." Yeah. Do you need me to produce a birth certificate here? I know. Or what? <laughs> and they they did, but like, okay. yeah, that's when that's the asterisk. Bet three six five at at your risk. Like they. Yeah, were, I've never asked. DraftKings is the only one I've actually used thus yeah. far, and I've not actually like taken money from it because I've always just had some yeah. sort of amount and that I play with. But yeah, I, I cashed so out. I, yeah, yeah, I mean that's smart, but yeah. especially when you have all that free money. Um, mm-hmm. 
But yeah, so I haven't signed up for any others because I may be starting like a little side gig where I'm just getting people to sign up for all these with a promo code and then I would oh, get nice. money for each sign up. Yeah. I had like a call with a guy last. It's basically like a marketing yeah. company that represents, I think it's six or seven of the different online nice. sports books. Yeah. Which I was hoping that I would get the code like last weekend, yeah. but still haven't gotten it yet. But which kind of makes me think, is this really happening? But mm -hmm. so I've kind of held off on any of the others because I'm hoping I don't know if it would work. Got to be loyal I, to them. Yeah. If I signed up for like five different ones myself, if I yeah. would get the money for each. But yeah. it's like I also know I can get friends to just do. It. I think I would oh, yeah. get like thirty-five bucks a pop anytime someone signs up and places one bet. Yeah, for like a dollar, you know, it's all I think it's five dollar minimum, maybe, yeah. but regardless, so that's why I haven't done any of the others yet because I'm hoping to yeah. do that. And, but and DraftKings is the best, though, like FanDuel's the second best, and then Bet365, their app was just so janky, like it kept locking yeah. up. And I've know. heard Bet MGM is pretty decent as well. I know yeah. that's another one I've been seeing a lot of ads for, and what there's, I mean, there's so many of them, Caesars now. and Barstool's got one, and yeah. You know, I think there's an ESPN one starting up soon, like just wow. ESPN bet or something like that. But how about there should be one called OK Bet? <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, I mean it's going to be uh, interesting. Obviously, it's a, a burgeoning area, and uh, yeah. can uh, can't get too addicted. Oh, I know. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that's what. Yeah, that's why I cash. You're always good but... about it, like just putting the money in cash, and, and like I said, I'm betting. Like, yeah. I don't think I've ever bet more than, like, 10 or 15 well, bucks on a game. You know, well, it's always small amounts. Well, when you get up and you lose, like, I've done that at the at the casino a couple times. Like, the depression, like, the, like just. Oh, the, yeah. And, and, and it's not just, like, I'm sad about. It's just, like, the chemical imbalance because you get that dopamine rush when you win. And then when you lose, you just go down. And it's just, like, you feel that just depression. And I just want to go back to the hotel room and. <laughs> Yeah, like so. So I always think about that. Um, but I got thirty bucks still in bonus bets on Bet Three Six Five, so I'm not done with them yet. There you yeah, go. And what, if and when I do get my little promo code running, I'll let you know and see. Because I think he said it's six or seven different sports books that this company represents. I know nice. FanDuel, DraftKings, Bet MGM. I know is one of them, but I can't remember the other. So, anywho, um, yeah, that's that. Uh, Shall we get into it? You ready? Let's do it. Welcome to the Brain Buster Boys, episode 118. My name is Brett Jagger, along with the betting wizard, Beaumont, Reginald Beaumont Rand. The gambling sorcerer. Or the, yes. Um, or the, you are only Reggie to those yeah. at Bet365. Yeah, the rookie bookie. Yeah, no, I, I'm only them to Bet365. God, those surly <laughs> sons of bitches. Bookie. The rookie That's bookie. pretty good. Yeah. Well, how are you, dog? It's oh, been, I'm... I guess, we've had two weeks this time. Weeks. I mean, I feel like it's been three a lot, but hey, we're here after two and uh, got a hell of a pay-per-view to review and yes. uh, maybe some 
some good and then some very bad uh, football talk to get yes. into here yeah. from the onset. But yeah, how you doing, dog? Oh, I'm doing well. You know, um, I'm on fall break from school, so I took some um, days off insurance because normally today I'd be there. Um, I'm still working a couple of days, but, you know, just kind of enjoying time. You know, obviously I have this move where my roommate moved out. And now, you know, I, I've, um, we're at, we've actually been cleaning. Teats has been in the other room um, cleaning still. Like I cleaned a good bit um, while watching Wrestle Dream. Yeah. So so I kind of had that in. Um, but no, it's been good. You know, it definitely feels like the fall season, even though it's still hot. I see leaves on yeah, the ground. Yeah, it's hot today for sure. But yeah. man, this weekend, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. So, so now, you know, I'm just kind of glad we're sort of in this phase and, and uh, just, yeah, generally well. How about you? Yeah, not bad. I mean, it's this is week three back in northern Kentucky, uh-huh. living in my parents' basement. Hey, I got a Wi-Fi extender hooked nice. up from the yeah, last it, time we recorded, which was even kind of a disaster. Close to fucking up either. Yeah, we recorded yeah. Phoenix Splash last mm-hmm. week, and there was like just one short instance of like a buffer. But other than that, yeah, it's been pretty damn good. It's probably JCB's fault anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, other than that, just I've been door. Ashen, like I said, kind of just trying to find ways to make money for now and just starting to apply for things and mm-hmm. meet with people and all that fun stuff. But yeah. overall, doing pretty well. Had a great weekend. Yes. Um, actually went out and watched the Louisville game yeah. as they skated by NC State. But hey, 5-0 and there and yeah. then was out for a while Friday night and then went to the Mars Volta on Saturday. Oh, you did? Yeah, they were here yeah. on Friday. I knew a lot of people yeah. there. Got yeah, offered a ticket buddy, actually, but my, wanted to watch the game instead. So yeah, my buddy Stetter, who I believe you've met, oh, his yeah. cousin works for the box office at the Brady Music Center, so he got mm-hmm. free tickets as well. So yeah, me, Rich, and Dan went, and then his fiance and another friend, and it was great. I mean, that was like a bit. Stetter was the one that, that got me into them in high school, yeah. so like that's definitely like a high school band for me. Yeah, yeah, um, me too. Yeah, I remember that's yeah. when I mostly listened to him. Also, Stetter's wife loves to just appear. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's our like, like, I like. I'll, I'll look around, and Stetter's been around for like ten minutes, and I'll look over, and she's like right by me. When similarly, like, she came, they drove separate because he was up here the night before. And like, yes, yeah, she was a little late. And then all of a sudden, whoop, popped boom. in there. She yep. is. <laughs> yeah, you look over and just boom. You know, she has the oh, yeah. power of teleportation. Yep. We had a great time. But uh, before we get into the shitty, shitty shit Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Yeah. Let's talk a little Louisville five and zero football. I know yeah. you've uh, certainly watched a lot more than me. You've been to a couple games. Yeah. This was really the first game I watched. Pretty much the whole thing. I got to the bar a little late, yeah. but it was a grind. It was ugly, yeah. but they got the win and five and zero, ranked twenty fifth, hosting mm-hmm. Notre Dame this weekend. Yeah, yeah, not expecting them to win, but hey, it's a, a good spot to be in. But how you feeling about the Louisville Cards? Pretty great, honestly. I mean, even despite the struggles there, I think really the only mid part of our team is our quarterback, and even then, he, he's he's pretty streaky. And I mean, that one interception in the end zone was was truly terrible. terrible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, not not all of those blunders have been his fault. Um, and he also benefits because I think we have an NFL running back in Jawar Jordan and an NFL wide receiver in Jamari Thrash. Um, but, yeah, but no, it was definitely a grinded-out game. Impressed by the defense, you know, just holding it in there, making Brendan Armstrong look like he never played football in his life. Um, 
but no, and I mean, it was just a fun experience for me too, just because um, I believe, so Tony had officially moved out, um, I think that Thursday, you know, he'd got his stuff, moved to the new place. So I was like alone and, you know, and Teach has been in New Orleans uh, seeing Beyonce. So I hadn't like had a place to myself in like years. So I was like, okay, I think I'm just going to hang out here and watch the game. So I got some Amanita and some booze and just <laughs> fucking partied down. Um, and like, it was like, it kind of thrust me back into like the Louisville games of old, you know, cause I was like yelling and screaming at the top of my lungs and pacing around the kitchen and just like really, <laughs> really into it in a way that I had not, that I haven't been into any sort of Louisville sports game since COVID really. Um, so, so yeah. that was, that, that, that was really nice. And, you know, that's just kind of, at least from a fan, my sort of takeaway from this whole experience. I know the game was kind of grinded out and, you know, some, you know, quite a few negatives to kind of come with it than positive conclusions about the team. But, but no, I think in general, I'm just glad, yeah, I'm just glad the excitement's there and I'm glad we get to have this week building up to the Notre Dame game, which I think is winnable. You know, I, I, I yeah. don't expect us to win, but I think, it I think is they're very... six and a half point underdogs as of right. Now. Right. And I mean, hell, I think we're just as good as Duke. I mean, not to shit on Duke, they look pretty good, but I mean, I would be remiss if Duke is like, two touchdowns better than us. Yeah. yeah. And they're yeah. still undefeated, right? No, they lost to Notre Dame this weekend. Oh, at the very end. Okay. okay. Yeah, they were the they gotcha. were the big game um at the end. Hit a parlay with that one too. So nice, nice. Yeah. That, I mean, che- cheered for an under, which was oh, which was okay. weird. But 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 definitely got it. Like the under was like under fifty two and the final score is twenty one to fourteen. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, Louisville sports in general just needed this. You know, oh, the yeah. start to the season, like you said, just some level of excitement. Shot I mean, hell, they've already yeah. won more games than the basketball team let, did last year. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, one game away from bow eligibility. I mean, eight wins is almost now the floor because Virginia is winless. Mm-hmm. Um, Virginia Tech, I mean, they beat Pittsburgh this weekend, but they lost to, like, Marshall. And, you know, they're, like, one and four or two and three. And then Pitt is, like, one and four. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, I mean, they, they lost to big. Scott. They lost to Scott. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think I, mean, I told you I did win money on BYU Friday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, no, that, that game was... came on right after the Louisville game. And I'm like, BYU's an underdog at home. That's yeah, easy money. That and easily. it sure was. Why would you yeah. favor Scott? But, <laughs> but yeah, that was, um, um, where, where was I going with that there? Um, but yeah, no, I was, oh, those games. Yeah. We should win that Pitt, Virginia, Virginia Tech games. That's eight wins. It's more, as many as Scott got counting the bowl game, but then yeah. still one of your big games. You got Notre Dame, Miami, Duke, Kentucky. I think you yeah. can make, I think, I think you could maybe go two and two in those games. You know, I don't, I'm not like that would be pie in the sky, 10 wins. I'd say know? that's like the ceiling. The ceiling. Know? Yeah. I think we could probably go one and three yeah. in those games and wind up nine and three, which is a very successful season. We'll go to oh, like yeah. the Gator Bowl or the Pop Tarts Bowl. <laughs> you know, it'll be sick. <laughs> The Amanita Bowl. The Amanita Bowl. Oh, man. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I don't really follow or watch too much college football in general anymore. But as long as they can not get blown out by Notre Dame, I think that's a good thing. You know, like you said, it's winnable, you know, Mm -hmm. less than a touchdown touchdown underdog. So crowd should be fired up. I presume, you know, biggest game there in years, probably Mm -hmm. first sellout in years as well. Yep. Since Scott's first game, which also was against Notre Dame. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Damn. 
Well, on the other side of the coin is the one and three. And searching for answers, Cincinnati Bengals. Clearly, Joe Burrow is far from 100%. Very limited in what he's been able to do in terms of obviously moving around with the calf injury, and it's clearly affecting his throws. Hardly ever throwing the ball downfield. Obviously, they started 0-2. You know, first game sucked. Second one was a little better. They scrounge out the win at home Monday night against the Rams. People are starting to feel a little better. No setbacks from Burrow. You know, you're going to Tennessee, which is a team we've beaten each of the last three years. Granted, they've all been close, and they've not looked very good this year, and obviously they still have Tannehill. So I went in thinking, yeah, I think we're going to win this game. I'm not too worried about it. And then they got – Shit on. Granted, the first drive, we got the ball, looked great, moved it. Felt like we were getting eight, ten yards every single play. Mm -hmm. And then I think got shut down at like the two or three. Kicked a field goal, and that was it. Yeah, when the pocket would collapse, Burrow was just done. I mean, there was nothing he could do. You know, the O-line, which looked really good against the Rams, looked horrible yesterday. And yeah, like like you said, one of Burrow's great features is being able to move around in the pocket evade those sacks and we've seen absolutely none of that this year i think this game was worse than the cleveland game the game one which i would have thought would probably be the worst we would play all year and uh i mean it was so tara had hosted a baby shower yesterday for a friend and it was like Bengals themed and obviously we're all watching the game and by the time the second half came around, I was just like, I'm done with this. Yeah, What's, I was like, I can't is, do We this have anymore. no chance. No. This is depressing. This is sad. I'm not ready to write off the season yet. I mean, it's only four games. But... And, and, and there's a very clear reason why this is happening. Yeah. You know, like, 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 or, or a major reason. Burrow's unhealthy. It's I mean, more there's than other just problems. that, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The defense, which has, you know, carried us during the playoffs largely, mm-hmm. again, looked really good against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, it kind of looked like shit. And yes. yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I did see Zach Taylor said they're starting Burrow again Sunday, which is pretty surprising because I was thinking after that, it's like just the bye week is so we have two games before the bye. It's like just sit him. Just right, yeah. I, think I mean, Jake we're not winning anyway. Like, like a touchdown against Tennessee, yeah. maybe. You know, like, like, what are you going to lose? I think, you know, and like, I imagine him playing is at least slowing the healing process some. It has to. Like, yeah. he can, like this can't be an injury where it's like, well, no matter what happens in the game, it's you know. Yeah, like, like just yeah. Like, hypothetically, he sits this week against Arizona, next week home against Seattle. Then you have the bye. That's yeah. three weeks off. You just hope that you can win one of those two games. Yeah. You know, you're two and three um, or two and four, I guess, four. which I think you can get into the playoffs with nine and eight. You know, yeah, I'm pretty sure like that, that did it last year. So and seven, something like that. Yeah, that's kind of what I was hoping was going to happen. But clearly they're riding with him. And frankly, I'm not really expecting much out of it because we've no. just seen what this has been. And I don't. Does he have what one touchdown pass on the I season? So. I, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so. just been rough. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals, you know, coming into the season, that seemed like an obvious guaranteed win, but they beat Dallas. And, you know, they've, yeah, they played the Niners yesterday, but they were at least competitive and they've oh, yeah. been competitive in every game. Yeah. So. And there have been tons of comebacks this week. Like, like the Colts came all the way back against the Rams. You know, tons of teams were down just as much as we were. 14, 17, 21, still came back. 
didn't we? Yeah. We didn't even have a chance. It yeah, like the like the Jets. Even the Jets were down down seventeen to nothing. Left yeah. dead, and Zach Wilson plays the game of his life. <laughs> I know. You know. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, if we lose to the Cardinals, that might be it. Yeah. yeah, like this is one of a very winnable game. Even like I said, even with everything it is the way it is, they still can win. I'm not going to say they are. Like yeah. I said, I'm not expecting too much difference here, but yeah, just kind of holding out hope. I mean it. It just sucks because coming into this season, I mean, obviously Burrow got hurt. I think it was the second day of training camp. Yeah. And obviously sat out the rest and he signs the big contract days before the season. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. He probably shouldn't have played from the get go. But after all that, it's like, how do you not play the guy? But yeah. it's tough. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just it, it's a shame with how great this team has been. The window. I'm not saying it's over after this year, but could be the last year they have T. Higgins, Awuzie, and Reader on the defensive mm-hmm. end. You know, they've definitely signed, you know, in addition to Burrow, Logan Wilson, Trey Hendrickson. So they're, you know, they're keeping some key pieces, but obviously not all these guys are going to be here forever. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I better take advantage of it while it's here. But I yeah. think we're v- getting very close to a lost season. And. Again, like I said, just hoping we can beat Arizona and then go from it's it's truly week to week at this point. I mean, it's nice that they have an early buy, mm-hmm. but like I said, it's uh, going to be tough sledding out there. It is, yes. All right, you got anything else before we get into Wrestle Dream here? No, that's the Spanish no, which is the same as the English no. See, si. see. Si. Okay. Um, all right. Gotcha. AEW Wrestle Dream, a new pay-per-view concept, really uh, celebrating the life of Antonio Inoki, who passed away one year ago, founder of New Japan. Um, you, I assume you didn't see any of the pre-show, did I you? Saw a little, I saw the acclaimed stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, it was yeah. fun. I mean, yeah. you didn't really miss too much. That was, I really like TMDK. So to see mm-hmm. those, which funny. So bad dude Tito, who was in that match, they always call him Big Teats. Big Teats. And I oh, think that's, that's actually kind of where I may have just like in we're, the back of my head pulled that when I named TT Teats. We're, we're just popped out. Yeah. yeah he's the great. man. He's mostly been like on the New Japan shows in America, but he's been over in Japan a little. Mm-hmm. Love that guy. And then Mikey Nichols, Shane Haste, also fun. But they did have a little uh, opening ceremony, they called it. So they all had like the red scarves that Antonio yeah. Inoki would wear. And they had his two grandsons there. Gave him flowers. You know, it was a nice gesture. TK being a dweeb. But the funniest thing is they cut backstage and showed good old Christian Cage standing there with his belt watching it. And just he's been running with this whole father of the year thing. Yeah. Ripping on dead people constantly like Darby on Dynamite. It's like, you only talk shit to dead people. (laughs) Man, absolutely love everything that man is doing. Yeah, um, and we're gonna get to it in the yeah. main event. Speaking and... of a shot in the arm to something like that, storylines about the <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. The stratosphere. Well, I guess let's just talk about it. Yeah, because it got spoiled for me right when I got home. Yeah. You know, like Edge, I, I yeah. AKA now Adam Copeland, his real name is officially all elite. Again, I think this is something a lot of people saw coming. I would have been a little upset if it didn't happen. Especially they, they booked this match at the end of the show. So once they announced yeah. on the pre-show that this was going to be the main event, I'm like, I texted our group chat with JCB, Tom, and Azar. I'm like, all right, Edge is definitely coming, mm-hmm. um, which is very exciting. I've yep. been a big fan of Edge since 1998. Love the guy. Um, you know, fresh scenery basically said, you know, I felt like WWE and I outgrew each other. You know, there's new challenges here. He said he'd never been in the ring with Sting before. So obviously ending the show like that was probably cool for him. Samoa Joe was a name he'd mentioned that, you know, they'd been together in WWE, never crossed paths, Claudio as well. And then he noted Kenny, a couple other names of guys like I want to have matches with these guys. So I'm pumped up. Part of me was hoping that he would come in as a heel and help Christian because those two together is fucking magic. And especially with this Christian character. I mean, in like the early 2000s when those guys were heels together, just had some of the funniest, greatest shit back then. But regardless, to see them feuding together is going to be a treat as well. But Building toward a match between the two, of course. Yeah, so his first match they announced in the press conference after will be it's Dynamite Title Tuesday, how they they have that every once in a while. Hmm. Um, He's wrestling Luchasaurus. Okay. Obviously, he's with Christian, so I would assume we're going to be building towards an edge. I'm just going to keep calling him Edge, Christian. Yeah, going to be hard not to. Is he going to yeah. go back to Copeland? <laughs> yeah, really. Edge and yeah. Christian for the TNT title at full gear. Well, have what, to imagine that's where we're headed. Here. What's the synonym for Edge that he could go by? Precipice. <laughs> yeah, precipice. What else? Um, border, boundary, extremity, fringe, margin. I'm, I'm reading side, lip, rim, brim. <laughs> Brink, verge. Actually, that 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 sounds very. Verge is close. Verge is very like and fringe and fringe. Fringe, yeah. (laughs) Verge kind of has that wrestling that. I like lip, lip, (laughs) Uh, or I liked uh, what was the other one? Um, Boundary, boundary Boundary. versus Christian Cage. Boundary, yeah. But yeah, obviously, this is the big story coming out of this. Uh, Very exciting. I assume we'll probably get some sort of six man tag at some point with he. Darby and Sting against Christian Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne, who's shockingly turned in the main event. I thought that was very yeah, well that, done. That, that was pretty surprising. Had that been foregrounded? Yes, only in the sense that Christian has obviously been hitting on his mom all the time, mentioning that a lot, and basically saying, like, you need a father figure in your life because his dad is dead and has reminded him of that over I, 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 and over again. So. I couldn't tell whether his mom approved or disapproved because she kind of had the shock look, but I was like, okay, like I, I still kind of didn't. I think it was a disapproved. So yeah. like, cause anytime they showed her, she was always just blank stare. And I even texted JCB. I'm like, she needs to be a better actor. But yeah. like when the turn happened, she was like, Oh my God. Like, so it's just a little better. So yeah. I'm guessing she'll probably still, I mean, she's been coming to shows sitting front row. Obviously that was in their home of Seattle, but she's been at dynamites and other mm-hmm. things. Christian clearly, you know, he's mentioned wanting bikini pics of yeah. and all this shit. I fucking love it. He's the man. Um, 
So, yeah, just overall, you had said before we started recording that this is uh, perhaps your favorite AEW uh, pay-per-view of the year, huh? Yeah, it, oh, it just had the right mix between, like, good stuff in the ring and, and story. And I think a lot of the stories here were just at just good points, you know, like the hangman swerve kind of thing. That was so um, Yeah, like that. What up, turd? Yeah, like like <laughs> that That was really good. Um, you know, like the, the, the Dan Callis stuff. You know, again, was really good. Those guys, like Kenny and them, just keep taking L's in this. Yeah, which I guess makes sense to just throw, put these other guys over. But, but again, that's interesting. And then obviously, Edge and Christian, and how that is just kind of taking off. Um, you, you know, didn't then you even have, mention the best match of the night. Well, well then, then I was going to say your in-ring <laughs> stuff, your FTR. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your uh, FTR Aussie Open, um, and then your uh, Danielson and Zack Saber. You know, that was oh, kind yeah. of again. And then Mo- Heaven Moxley um, oh, commentary for that. So little bit good for that. So the, the good match. Yeah, you know, like, very understated, but also really good. Oh my! Not God. as much like that. Yeah, like, like Chris he Jericho was pretty has. like. I will, yeah. I'm not gonna say calm. Yes, understated. not calm, but still like passionate and loud, but not over the top like Jericho could be. Right. And just cheering for his boys. Yeah. I mean, um, we'll get to it, you know, when we get more to that match. But, yeah, I thought having Mox out there was a delight. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I assume he's not fully recovered from the concussion he suffered against Phoenix. Which, did you end up – I know we didn't record I, last I, week. Did you watch Grand Slam? I watched some of it. I, I okay. watched the first little bit, but, but yeah. Did um, you see that match? I did not, no. So, the basically, book- he got Phoenix – dumped him on his head but i think he had gotten like concussed even earlier in the match yeah and basically rick knox went for the three count and mox didn't kick out and he didn't yeah. count three so it just looked really bad yeah clearly there was just i think mox had probably tried to communicate like i'm gonna lose and yeah. i know he wasn't supposed or was he on i assume he was not supposed to lose that match um, I don't know exact, but anyway, it was kind of a fucked finish yeah. and Phoenix is now the international champ. So Mox obviously was not on this card, but give me all the Moxley on commentary you got. Cause I yeah. thought that was a, a real treat along with Nigel McGinnis as well, who I yeah. love. And, but yeah, so, uh, I guess let's just start from the top here for the ring of honor world tag team championships, MJF defeats the righteous of Vincent and Dutch in a handicap match in nine minutes, 35 seconds. So at the end of Grand Slam, Cole had run out to help MJF against Samoa Joe and fell off the ramp and shattered his ankle. Three places, tore a bunch of ligaments. Awful. For a guy who had obviously over a year to come back and had been doing some great work in this storyline of late, of course. They'd had another very fun vignette on Dynamite on Wednesday where MJF teased turning on him. So that's kind of been where they'd been is each guy like teasing the turn, never yeah. happening. But now he's going to be out, I assume, for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah. It seems broken, pretty yeah. similar, actually probably worse than the injury Tara had, which was where she basically ripped six ligaments in her foot but she didn't break her ankle. But they said he broke his ankle in three places and tore a bunch of ligaments in his Lord. Foot. Oh, my God. And, I mean, obviously, she's not an athlete, but she was seven weeks of being completely immobile. Yeah. And then, like, six weeks in a boot, and she's Physical just pain. now started walking without the boot and still has a ton of pain. Yeah. So to be a comeback from a worse injury than that as an athlete, I imagine he's going to be on the shelf 
oh, six, yeah. eight, six, eight months. And, and to have to pause that storyline. Like, have you ever remembered just like a wrestling show where so much more has gone wrong? I mean, I guess not counting like one where a death has occurred, like like the Owen Hart show, you know, like that's sort of on a different level, but like just injuries and you know, having that fuck up the what you think the result of the match is, you know, that yeah. is th those are two huge things and a huge storyline for sure. On pause. So it'll yeah. be curious to see if Cole, if they still, you know, have him on TV because you know there's still the tease with the Roderick Strong thing. MJF was kind of getting over that, um, but yeah, it's a damn shame. I feel horrible for Adam Cole. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. And I don't know if you caught wind at the end of Dynamite. So there was an awesome, awesome promo exchange between MJF and Jay White. Okay. Which very much good. excites me. Yeah. And then at the very end of the show, Jay White got attacked by five men dressed in all black face masks, face masks, face masks. And then one guy wearing that devil mask that mm -hmm. MJF wore back in the day for that ladder match. Yeah. So he did address it at the very beginning of this match. He's like some schmuck stole my uh, mask. So that's a huge kind of lingering angle that they only really briefly touched on, on this show. But so the, you know, obviously people are like, Oh, it had to be Cole and the kingdom. It's not Cole given that he's out, he's going to be yeah. out. So I know you're not too in tune with new Japan, but, so Jay White is in Bullet Club Gold mm -hmm. here in AEW, but there's still what they're calling themselves now Bullet Club War Dogs, which yeah. is led by David Finley, um, which they've just been causing all sorts of havoc and fuck you and flipping everyone off and beating everyone up. So that's kind of a prevailing theory is that it could be David Finley and the War Dogs. And we're doing this Bullet Club Civil War mm -hmm. that has been teased for many, many years now. That's what I'm very much hoping it is. But I did you see? Did you catch wind of any of that? Other no, than I, I, MJF I, no, mentioning I, it. I, I, I did not. No, yeah, okay. I did not. So that's a, yet another kind of big angle that's really wrapped up in this storyline. And I'm again presuming we're probably headed to MJF Jay White at full gear, which, is which all, it sounds awesome. I love. But back to the match. You know, I definitely expected MJF to win, but I'm a little bummed. Because I love the righteous. I love that they're getting some light shined on them. Like, I kind of first saw them when I was watching these early ROH episodes. Yep. They've kind of been more on AEW TV now. It's kind of like a culty, almost Wyatt family-esque, right. you know, that they're doing. I'm a big fan of it. But MJF defeats him in nine minutes, 35 seconds. It was fun. It, it was, was a more of a comedy match, yes, you know, almost. Because you had the promo in the beginning. You know, um, and then he's like, I'm gonna kick stuff, and yeah, he's like, I'm gonna body, you know, he, it was kind of, you know, just body yeah. slam, I'm gonna rip your dreads out, yeah. So, again, I enjoyed, you know, it was fun, it was an entertaining, but I'm just a little bummed out that uh, the righteous just kind of jobbed out the MJF, but he is the AEW world champion, so I just got a little bit of mixed feelings, but uh, how'd you feel, yeah? I mean, just kind of. I mean, the, the promo at the beginning was funny, but yeah, again, this, this match definitely just kind of in comparison to the rest of this card was just kind of, kind of nothing really. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, it was just kind of more of a comedy match um, that kind of doesn't really fit the more consequential tone of the rest that follows. Yep. And I would, I think they should have swapped match one and match two. Because yeah. I just don't think this was the best, like, yeah, I get it. It gets the crowd excited and hyped up and they 
they actually did start all out with the Adam mm-hmm. Cole and MJF tag match against the Dark Order. Yeah. But I would have rather seen Eddie Kingston defeating Katsuyori Shibata in 10:58 to retain both the Ring of Honor World Championship and the New Japan Strong Open Weight Championship. Mm-hmm. As you could guess, this was right up my fucking alley. Um, again, only 11 minutes. I could have gone for five more of it, but they made the most of that time and beat the shit out of each other. Um, yeah, I absolutely love this match, of course. Um, like I said, I just wish I would have gotten a little more time. Um, but, you know, Shibata, one of my favorites of all time. Kingston, definitely been one of my favorite guys this year. I think he's, you know, been on a... Hell of a run, finally a champ, a double champ at that, and uh, he deserves all of it. But this was just a great just fight, exactly how I thought it would be. Both kind of paying tribute to Inoki and that strong style, of course, but uh, just great, great stuff. And, you know, I, much as I love Shibata, definitely didn't expect him to win and become a triple champ. Sure. Um, but, yeah, this was just wonderful. What would you think? Yeah, no, I thought this was just really fun. Just all the chops and just kind of your oh, yeah. hard, hard-hitting kind of Eddie Kingston stuff, which, like, I'm, like one of the joys of seeing him fight kind of all these New Japan peoples is, like, in his promos, he always talks about, like, the admiration and the respect he has for Oh, it. yeah. So, like, these are all kind of, like, you know, wrestle dream, like, dream matches. Real-life shit. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. saw at the end of the match, like, him kind of on his knees and then, like, hold, like, just a big... Yeah. All this shit is just like such great life moments for yeah. Eddie Kingston. Yeah, and, 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 I love and, that. And I'm glad he's getting his due too, you know, because oh, like, yeah, I mean, talk about an interesting, you know, yin and yang feud, Um, him and MJF is MJF's like the, the privileged entitled versus the, you know, the disenfranchised, you know, struggling, you know, that like that could be something interesting. I know they're going with JY, which is awesome, but just a thought. Yep, and yeah, some big suplexes here as well. Mm-hmm. Also, kind of big part of that style. Just a, mm-hmm. a true fight back and forth. Some, some. I think there may have been a kick out at one here. Um, and you know, some no selling, just fighting spirit through and through. And yeah, Kingston. Um, I think he had hit him with the spinning back fist. I think that's when he kicked out at one, and then he hit him with like five in a row, Whoa, yeah. and then power bombed him which I guess he's now using as his finisher, which I'm cool with because uh, Kawada, who was one of the four pillars of all Japan, he wore the black and gold. That's why mm. Kingston wears that. They had met, I think it was at All Out. He was there, and basically Kawada like gifted him use of the power bomb, which is a yeah. very cool thing from, yeah. I think, one of his favorite wrestlers ever. So, yeah. And I'm glad he's winning these matches, too. Yeah. You know, like he needs to, you know, win these matches and kind of just get on the up and up, you know. And I, I think he's going to be winning for a while. You yeah. know, obviously, you know, he's got two belts. Um, you know, he defended both here. I can't imagine they're all going to be for both. Um, and one of them is a New Japan title as well. But, um, yeah, I absolutely love it. And it's still always a treat to see Shibata wrestle after everything. So Agreed. Good shit here, and yeah, a little bit of a a surprise fun match here. Julia Hart's been on a nice little run. She's been getting a ton of TV wins. I think said she's been on like a 27 or 28 match winning streak over a year, but she falls into Chris Statlander for the TBS championship. Only 856, but man, they got the crowd going here. Julia Hart hit that moonsault, Mm -hmm. just 
she has improved leaps and bounds and obviously has seized her opportunity here in the loss, but she still comes out looking great. Statlander continues her strong reign here, um, which you may have seen Jade is officially with WWE. So that'll be Um, something cool to monitor there. Yeah, yeah, and and congrats to her. Yeah, and I think Statlander's really taken that championship and made it her own. Where you know Jade obviously had it well over a year, ups and downs, but it feels much more important now than it ever did. So I'm here for that, and yeah, hats off the Julia Hart man. I'm uh, continually impressed, and I was very entertained by this. What about you? Yeah, yeah no, I'm glad they gave these two women this spot because normally it would go to like, you know, like like the Brit Tony Storm, you know that that whole conglomerate, and I guess they did that on Dynamite. They did the Tony Storm Soraya stuff. Yeah. So I'm glad this kind of got its due because it, again, it, it it really delivered. Like I when I kind of saw what it was, I'm like, oh, this is a TBS Championship match. Is this going to be squashy? Is this going to be forgettable? And, and and it definitely wasn't. You know, definitely a great showcase for Julia Hart, and I'm glad you know she and and Chris too, you know, got got this opportunity to like you know do that, and it almost legitimizes the TBS belt in a way that Jade never could. Jade can never really have like that really good. And like, I guess like all of her big like challenges on it were always non-pay-per-view. Yeah. A lot of rampage stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So, so this was definitely a big legitimizing force for both the TBS and TNT, the re-legitimizing. Yes. Yes. We will be getting into that, but it is nice that the TNT title feels prestigious again. And big uh, night, big night for Turner belts. Yeah. But we've uh, certainly only got my father, Christian Cage, to thank for that. But, yes, Statlander's had the belt 127 days and has defended it 12 times, Mm. which is a lot. Orange Cassidy-esque. It's been Mm. a lot of – so she wanted it double or nothing, a lot of dynamite collision, one rampage. So this was – and then all out. So two pay-per-view matches and then a lot of, like, dynamite rampage collision. So – but she's active. Obviously, she'd been on the shelf multiple times yeah. over these past few years. Like it's like right when she came back, she got hurt again. Right. So I'm very happy for her. She's always been a favorite, and I love the finish too. She hit her with the tombstone and then held right. on and then hooked the arms, which that's her actual what it's like Sunday night fever or something like that. And like that. Yeah. so thought the finish was really awesome as well. Yeah, for sure. And then a match that I was kind of disappointed by here. It wasn't bad, but it was pretty sloppy. Had a big botch at the end. but the And I don't agree with the winner, but the Young Bucks become the AEW World Tag Team Championship number one contenders, defeating the Guns, Hook and Orange Cassidy, and the Lucha Brothers. Like I said, I mean, we just... So when this happened, I'm like, oh, shit, maybe Aussie Open's going to win then because... Yeah. We just saw FTR in the Bucks. At I know, Atlanta. yeah. And FTR Lucha would be great. Um, I was hoping, FTR, yeah. Yeah, honestly, anyone but the Young Bucks I would have been happy right. with. Yeah, FTR. And I like the Young kinda, Bucks. Yeah. The Guns, recall, they beat them for the tag titles the first mm-hmm. time, so there's tons of history yeah. there. And then, and then Lucha Bros feels yeah. like a very fresh match. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but like yeah. I can't really remember it, and it obviously hasn't happened recently. Yeah. And this and Orange Cassidy Orange Hulk, and Hulk, Hulk like, would have yeah. just been a fun 
Oh, yeah. You know. And that tag team's very promising, I think. Yeah. Like, I think you, you could do a whole lot with that. Um, and yeah, like I said, I think the match was like very chaotic, very sloppy. It was like, fine. It just cool. wasn't as good as like they normally do these kind of multi man tag team type matches. And well, like, and, uh, okay, yeah. No, yeah. Well, uh, all these wrestlers are all kind of trying to do different things. You know, Orange Cassidy and Hook are kind of a little bit more like comedy stuff. You know, and then you have the young bucks of the Lucha who are kind of a little, little more flippy, the super kick thing. Um, and then you have uh, Lucha Bros, very flippy, and then guns are kind of more typical wrestlers. So it was like all these kind of different styles thrown in a melting pot, and it was more like a suicide drink than beef stew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just, old city water. it definitely got better like the second half, you know, when it just kind of got more chaotic and everyone doing moves and crazy this and that. But it just as a whole just didn't really connect with me too much. And like I yeah. said, I was disappointed by the winner. Nick Jackson, which I feel like he never really botches anything, botched that like it was like a 619 kind of like mm -hmm. twisting kick and he yeah. fell and. And that's what led to the finish right after that. So that definitely hurt it in my mind as well. But yeah, not a bad match. Like I said, probably like a three and a half star match, but definitely not as good as I was hoping and just let down by the winner. If yeah. I know we didn't make picks, but I probably would have picked Orange Cassidy and Hook just because yeah. felt like what would have been. You know, not an easy title offense, but I couldn't really see those guys winning the tag titles right away. Yeah. But it would have been a fun match against mm -hmm. either FTR or Aussie Open. Yeah. Um, and and but, isn't full gear in California? I think it is. And so that's, that's gonna be a home that's gonna be a home match for yeah. the Bucks. Yeah, let's see. Full gear. Oh yeah, it's at the at the forum. Yeah. So, yeah. so okay. again, I'm not gonna sit here and complain about another Bucks FTR match because they've all been very good. But I do think the most recent one was probably the weakest. Um, so, again, I just would have wanted something a little bit different. I mean, who would you have liked to see win this match? Oh, Luchas or Orange Cassidy and Hook. Yeah. You know, the guns really wouldn't have been much. But, yeah, Young Bucks, that's just, you know, like you don't want to do that again so soon. So and probably, just, I guess, yeah, Lucha Brothers, I think, would have been a more serious thing. Yeah, and they just won, again, not that big of a deal, but Young Bucks and Hangman just recently won the Ring of Honor six-man titles. It's like, so they just got these belts, mm -hmm. which, again, just feels kind of like a ploy to put it on them. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the Ring of Honor champs now are just AEW people, which I don't really love because, I mean, they'd always said, we're going to keep them separate. And, I mean, I think some intermingling is good, but... I don't know. Do they really need this match right now when we just had it two months ago, too? No, like, no. come on. But anywho. But but also, like, if it's, you know, a home match for the Bucks, you know, yeah. a decent chance they'll take it off of them, you know, and be what? Especially after, losing, after yeah. losing the last time. Yeah, I think that would make them the first three-time three champs. So. Gotcha. And now we start to enter the business end of the card here as mm -hmm. what up, turd? Swerve Strickland with Prince Nana defeats a heel by no choice of his own. Hangman Adam Page in 20 minutes, 12 seconds in Swerve's whose house? Swerve's house in Seattle, Washington. This was awesome. The right guy won. The match was excellent. The build had been really good. It's mm -hmm. fresh. Um, you know, there was, um, I can't remember. How did it exactly there was it wasn't a clean finish. What what do you remember what happened? Uh, you just watched it. You know, who was been, it? 
um, it was uh, Nana. I think yeah. Nana, Nana came out. Oh, and it's then, the um, crown. He hit yeah, him with yes, the, crown. the crown. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And Nana so, yeah. at one point, <laughs> I can't remember what led to this, but like yeah. it, the camera cut to him and he's like backpedaling and doing his dance. Doing at this, one yeah. Point. <laughs> that no, guy was great. Killing it. Yeah. No, it was, um, he had distracted the ref, right? Yeah. I think. And then yeah. he like grabbed the crown, hit yeah. him with it, and then hit what's it called? The house call, that like oh. running kick to the head. I think he was supposed to only hit it once, but. He ended up hitting it twice as a fuck you, and I loved yeah. that as well. But this was so good. Um, and again, like I said, so fresh. Yes. And a guy like Swerve deserves this. He's so good. Hangman's not really hurt by this loss. No. Um, but And to kind of see, obviously, the crowd was going to be pro-Swerve in his hometown, even though he's been a big heel. But I loved how Hangman adapted, you know, mm. right off the bat, getting booed. You kind of saw him like, the fuck? Yeah. and then he really kind of started drinking in the heel shit, and he was yelling who's house. And yeah. but this was just a great fight, yes. great action here. Um, yeah, so happy Swerve won because I think this is probably going to continue. Um, you know, it's still pretty new, and I've really enjoyed everything they've been doing here. So yeah, great, great stuff here. And to this point, but definitely the match of the night for me. But uh, yeah, what'd you think? Yeah, yeah, I agree on on all those points, really. Um, just to add, though, like, this was a very match that had, like, a lot of, like, just hardening, like, it was a brutal match without mm -hmm. being super bloody. Mm -hmm. You know, and Eggman kind of like Moxley is one of those guys who's prone to kind of getting in these sort of blood fests. Yep. Um, so it was kind of nice to, to see that, that they didn't have to resort to that to, to just up the stakes. But, yeah, there were some great spots. My favorite, though, was whenever Swerve, I think, tried to tombstone Hangman on the steps. And Hangman did, like, a reverse tombstone, you know, oh, yeah, what yeah. it was the called. Dead eye, the dead eye. The dead eye, yeah. Did yeah. that back, and, boy, it looked like that fucking Which he's hurt. been winning matches with that move of late as well. So, yeah. But, yeah, and he hit he hit the buckshot here, mm -hmm. but it took – he was, you know, selling. So it took him a second, and Nana then put the foot on the rope, and then <laughs> the ref saw it. Mm -hmm. And then that's when he that I think that's what kind of led to the finish was him yes. like trying yeah. to kick out Nana. Right. Nana was putting up a fight, yeah. and then he grabbed the crown, hit him. But another thing with this too, and just observation, Swerve is a big dude, and I guess like yeah. my impression is still based on him being with Keith Lee and uh -huh. Keith Lee just being a bowling yeah. ball, you yeah. know. But Swerve, like you know, kind of like seeing him by Hangman, I'm like, good lord, this is like a big WWE looking. Yeah, guy. pretty much um, the same size, and he's definitely put on a lot of weight. He has, yeah, that's, yeah, just, 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 just bulk. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, you know, like I would just yeah, like to see this continue and just see Swerve just get more, more opportunities. You know, I think he's great. No doubt. Yeah. And I mean, that's basically what his side of this feud was, is like, I want your spot. Uh -huh. You've been handed everything, you know, the golden child of the elite, you know, the guy they pushed to the moon, which I think a lot is true, but I don't think Hangman would have gotten there if he wasn't so good either. Yeah, but of he course, is good. Yeah. Heels are going to be heels. So, mm -hmm. but like, that's just, you know, you don't need much of a reason here. And that was good enough for me. It's like, hey, mm -hmm. I'm better than you. Let me prove it. And yeah, yeah, he did cheat a little bit. But again, that's what heels do. Right. And Hangman's going to have a gripe. And I'm guessing it wouldn't shock me one bit if this turns into a trilogy. And probably the final being some sort of street fight, Texas death, last man standing, what have you. But I really, really hope Swerve ultimately comes out on top of this. 
And you know how much I love Hangman, of course, but I think, you know, they need to start elevating new people yeah. to this main event picture. And I Swerve think Swerve so is a perfect guy. Yeah, he's got much more to gain out of this than, than Hangman, you know. And I think Hangman and his whole story to winning the title, I mean, I think, you know, that's a really, really high high. You know, that's oh, a yeah. really, really like, 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 you know, on the nose, nailed it kind of story to where, you know, whenever you want to elevate Hangman again, you know, like it can't be sort of sort of that same stuff. You know, it's got to be something a little bit different, a little bit more subversive. You know, maybe something happens with um, the the elite. But but yeah, you know, Swerve just has much more just to kind of gain right now um, out of this. So, yeah, I, I kind of hope, you know, in this potential trilogy, he, you know, stays on top. And it's kind of given Brian Cage a little bit more of a spotlight, mm -hmm. too, which is much deserved. I mean, we saw his match against Hangman here in Cincinnati a few weeks mm -hmm. ago, which was really good. Mm -hmm. um, so that's another guy I would love to see getting more opportunity. Like, I want to see this whole mogul embassy, you know, keep getting a lot. The Gates of Agony, are, I think, are yeah. really good, too. You know, they've been more Ring of Honor, Rampage-y type stuff, but now they're all kind of getting involved. And like I said, hats off to Prince Nana. Always and forever. That guy is so entertaining. He's kind of like Stokely Hathaway, who's now become kind of, he's like an ROH board of directors. Gotcha. So he's more of like an authority figure than a manager. And I feel like Prince Nana has really kind of slid in and took just that kind of silly, but also serious manager role. And obviously the dance thing, he's just killing it. So yes. yeah, high, high marks here from me. Um, yeah, I'm going four and a half stars here. And then earlier, I meant a four and a quarter on uh, Kingston and uh, Shibata. Yes. But yeah, awesome shit. Oh, and then after this match is when they showed Sean Kemp. Yes, they did show him. Still kind of looking the same, yeah. When they cut to him, they're like, the stars are out tonight. And I'm like, wait, who is? I recognize this guy. And they're like, Sean Kemp, which he was like yeah. my favorite player growing yeah, up. Yeah, had, yeah, yeah. Had the poster, had the jersey. Yeah. Obviously, had about a trillion kids and was about 400 pounds for a while. But he looked pretty good. Oh, when he played for like the Cavs, like Cavaliers, Sean real Kemp. fat, yeah. Also, Vin Baker kind of had that same – because they replaced him with Vin Baker. Well, I think Vin Baker was like an alcoholic too. Yeah. He had some like problems. <laughs> but so. good to see Sean Kemp there. And I texted Chris. So I'm like, this is more important than Taylor Swift being at the fucking Chiefs game. God mm. damn. Which yeah. I don't want to say anything more about that. But, yeah. okay, next, a uh, bit of a – the popcorn type spot here. I mm -hmm. mean, these guys were given 10 minutes, but for what it was, I enjoyed it. Ricky Starks defeats Wheeler Yuta, 953. Again, not the most like prominent spot on the card here, but for what it was, I thought they did a good job. And I think Ricky, you know, needed to be the one that got the win. This was when Mox came out on commentary. He had done the Claudio match on the pre-show. And mm -hmm. I love how he came out. He's like, yeah, I got fined for saying shit on the pre-show. And then he comes out and he's still just cussing, more so in the next match. Un but unbelievable. I did like how he was basically saying, like, you know, after Wheeler lost and really talking up, you know, all the training and kind of punishment that they put him through. Uh -huh. um, and he's like, look, we're not worried about Wheeler you to lose in matches today because we're yeah. building him for two, three, four, five years down the line. Yeah. Um, but obviously he's been really, really good, but not as good as Ricky Starks, who's oh, yeah, kind of rea booking reality of it. Who's kind of slid in to that CM Punk role on Collision is kind of like the top heel. 
I think Edge will certainly – I mean, I saw a headline saying that he's here to kind of fill the gaps left by CM Punk, which makes sense. I mean, he's obviously a huge star, legend, been around forever, and can still go. Because that's the thing with he and Christian both, is they're both 49, but mm-hmm. both of them had like 10 years off right. due to like concussions and injuries. Mm-hmm. So like they've just got a lot more mileage left on their bodies than guys that have been going nonstop. So that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing really too noteworthy out of this match. Again, it was just solid action between two really young up and coming guys here. And I think the right guy went over. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, just a pretty, you know, solid match, just kind of what you would expect, you know, especially with Ricky Starks kind of winning, you know, Mox on commentary really kind of gave it some juice, but, but yeah, popcorn, like you said. Got a got a big bill appearance, which is yeah. always nice. He was yes. looking mean out there and determined. Mean, so, yeah. and now we enter the dream match, which is a term that gets thrown around way too much. But this was one, and boy, did it deliver! And I just rewatched it, and I'm confirming I'm going five stars here. Brian Danielson defeats, and I'm wearing my shirt too, the old yes mm-hmm. shirt. Yes. Defeats Zack Sabre Jr. 23 minutes, 12 seconds in what they were billing as two of the two best technical wrestlers in the world. And man, this lived up to it. It was outstanding. And mm-hmm. I love so Sabre had a quote today. Since Brian didn't submit him, he beat him with like two running knees. He's like, You chickened out. You didn't even tap me out. This is bullshit. <laughs> so yeah. He basically called for another match on his home turf. He's like, we can do it in England. We can do it in Japan. I don't care. But Mm. you chickened out. You didn't tap me out. This is bullshit. And even Nigel McGuinness said it right away on commentary after. Yeah, Uh, He's like, I can't remember what he said. But basically those same things. But, man, from the bell, this was – it was a piece of art. It was. was. It was beautiful. And, again, Mox – on commentary just added so much to this mm-hmm. and Nigel as well, who has tons of history with Brian Danielson back in ring of honor. Those two have had some of the best matches ever together in like the mid two thousands. But man, like I said, just from the moment the bell rang, I was locked the fuck in. This did not let up for one second. It was a battle of who can top who, and a lot of times it was a stalemate. You know, you had the surfboard type submissions they both did. I loved when they were kind of like, however the hell they got the like head standing next to each other, looking each other in the eyes. Saber, of course, brutally working Brian's right arm that he recently broke. Um, and Danielson, just as he does, just fights and fights. And just what an incredible salesman he is. Saber just did not let up one bit. They struck a lot. Danielson using his left hand mostly. Saber calling for the right and fuck you. Okay, I'll give it to you. And like I said, eventually, you know, there was one moment where Moxley was just losing and he's like, these counters, this is crazy. <laughs> like just absolutely loving it. I love the moment where he was, uh, Saber had him in like the Kimura lock, mm-hmm. one of many, many arm submissions he did. And Nigel's like, that's it. His career is over. Tap him out right now. And that's when Moxley took the headset off. He's like, fuck this guy. <laughs> and he had, already, he had said shit a couple times. And right at the end of the match, he's like, holy shit. Holy, holy shit. Holy shit. But yeah, man, you can't take a breath during this one. Can't look away or you might miss something. But this, like I said, piece of art. It was fucking beautiful. And 
personally, I wanted to see Zach Sabre Jr. win, but I thought Danielson would definitely oh, yeah, win in hometown his hometown area. Yeah. And clearly, he's already asked for a rematch. But, man, this was awesome. Your thoughts? Yeah. I, one of my favorite things about it was I love how it took a long time to get to the actual first strike. It was just all yeah. grippy and pulley. And, like, and they mentioned like, that, too. I think Mox even says, like, I think that's the first strike of the match. It was yeah. probably 10 minutes, more right, than yeah. 10 minutes in. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that it, like, took long to get to that. And, like, you could just tell just, like, just the story of it was just in the straining and, and the stretching. And, yes. you know, and, and also, like, it's a relatable pain, especially when they start doing this finger stuff. Because, like, when I was a kid, the like. Joint manipulation. Yeah, yeah, like like wrestling around people always messing with your fingers and how, how hard that would hurt. Yeah, so like it had That's that Pete Dunn or Butch classic there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know I I kind of do agree um, with Zach Sabre Jr. I I wish the ending was kind of a little bit more submission based, but I guess that leaves just more. Yeah, it kind of leaves it open. Perfectly. Yeah, it's like I'm giving him a reason for the rematch. Yeah, which I, which I'm called glad. him a dickhead. <laughs> a dickhead. <laughs> which which I'm glad which I'm glad it did. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of glad. And it was kind of a little surprising. You know, he, he kind of um, ended with that. Um, what was it? The um, running knee. The psycho the, knee. The, well, he hit him with the first one and he kicked out. Mm -hmm. um, and then he got it right again after. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was so good. Yeah, it was really something. Like I said, it was just kind of one of those things where if you told me kind of what it was like, like describing it without seeing it, but yeah, it's just the, the drama. And I think this is helped out by the production team too, just with like the stretching and strain, just the angles that you see, like, you know, the, like, like the, the angles that you see the holds and people's reactions to it and just, you know, showing the pain on their face, you know, yeah. that's kind of where, where, where all that is. And it's, you know, it and was, Danielson's as good as anybody it, on both sides of that coin of stretching yeah. the guy out. And like his selling ability yeah. was second to none in this match and not taking anything away from Sabre. I think he's still really good at the selling aspect of things, but he's so much better when he's on offense. Yes. Cause how easily he can just switch these submissions so quickly. And they, again, there's like series of just like rolling counters of like, who's going to get on top here was a lot of what this battle was. And like yeah. I said, this is just, this is pure art is what this was. Mm -hmm. And I loved every second of it. Some big yeah, kicks yeah. as well. I mean, mm -hmm. both guys hit some big kicks throughout, but yeah, this was just fucking beautiful. And I cannot wait till round two, whether that be Wrestle Kingdom. See, that's the thing. Now Danielson's got rematches with two top new japan guys okada mm -hmm. and zach saber jr gotta think one of those two happens at wrestle kingdom which is sure. january 4th biggest new japan show uh saber's also wrestling oh shit that happened yesterday i think it was new wow. japan's royal quest which is in mm -hmm. england they've done a show there each of the three years um he was fighting osprey in the main event so back-to-back mm -hmm. -back huge matches for him um, or no, that's in two weeks. I'm sorry. I got yeah. that. I was thinking because FTR Aussie Open was at Royal Quest last year, which was October 1st because yeah. they kept saying one year to the day. Um, but yeah, can't fucking wait for this next one. And yeah, Moxley, like I said, just dropping the headset saying, holy shit, holy shit. Right when yeah. it ended. Getting off. Fuck that guy. It just This was perfect. Beginning yeah. to end. Absolutely loved it. I agree. And then, really, the hit from this point on, the hits just keep coming. Um, mm -hmm. Next, yeah. we have 
Yeah, th- yeah. This fi- this final four run is as good as any at any like AEW pay per view. I feel yeah. like you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I will say these next two matches slightly under delivered for me, but that uh, doesn't mean they're still not really good matches. That's just okay. how high my expectations were. Yeah, and um, just with the personnel involved. Yeah. In them, yeah. So Don Callis family of Takeshita, Sammy, and Osprey defeat Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Kota Ibushi, 22 minutes, 10 seconds. Again, this was really fun, but it it fell slightly short. Like, Osprey, I feel like, just didn't feel as important in this. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a Let's connect it to the story, you know. Yeah, Yeah. which I understand. Um, Mm -hmm. And I did enjoy Sammy. You know, obviously, he's now a heel again, which he should be. Like, going to commentary multiple times and be like, put me over, Taz, put me over. And really, kind of being like the shithead of this yeah. match, he can't. You can't get away from that like jackass kind of like yeah. identity, you know that 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 he has that he kind of really got with you know Ty. Yeah, you know, like I would like to honestly see something a little bit more serious with Sammy sometimes, you know, because I think he's like good enough to like be that versus like be someone who's like easy to hate or ridicule or something like that. Um, but I mean, still, this is a good direction for him, you know, joining this, splitting up from Jericho. Yeah, for sure. Stuff. And I yeah. think it'll come again. I, the focus really isn't about him at this mm-hmm. point. It's yeah. really it's more anti Omega more yes. than anything is kind yes. of what they've been driving yeah. at. And like yeah. you said earlier, he, he he has just continued to take L after L's. L after L after L, well, which I think, is yeah. I was going to say, which is great. But it's like, OK, at some point. He's going to have to start winning. This is going to be like a singles match against Takeshita somewhere, you know, like a full gear kind of thing where he finally wins, you know, something yeah, I like don't, that. I don't know. And because uh, obviously Takeshita's already pinned him twice. Mm-hmm. Um, who was it that who got pinned here? I don't remember. I know Sammy made the pin. Um, I think, oh, it was Jericho. It was on Jericho, which yeah. of course makes sense there too. Um, so yeah, there's still a, a lot of steam left in this whole feud. And yes. again, I'm probably going, you know, four and a quarter on this match, but like you said, just with the personnel, <laughs> I want to give a uh, bill from band from ringside some credit. So I listened to them like doing their predictions and he compared this match. There's an old baseball relief pitcher named Antonio Alfonseca who had six fingers and uh-huh. one of them was like a nub. That was yeah. kind of just like useless. Like a supernumerary, whatever. And that's what he it. said yeah. Sammy Guevara was in this Because <laughs> so it's like five legends. Yeah. Well, I mean, Takeshita is obviously on his way up. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It was, just so a, it was a very, yeah. very funny, like the way he dropped it in was so good. But again, I thought Sammy obviously held his own here. Yeah. Um, I thought this is the best Ibushi has looked in his three matches since coming back, like physically, you know, he's mm-hmm. oh yeah, gotten, I mean, he was always he just so fucking jacked, mm-hmm. you know, he hadn't wrestled in a year and a half. It's going to take time, but he was looking a little more, a little more yeah. shredded, yeah, now a little bit more himself. Yeah. Like he's still honestly probably like 75% of what he was at his best. And we may never see that again, but as a guy who was literally my favorite wrestler in the world for like two, three years, and was gone for so long. It's nice to see him continually shaking the rust off. He had mm-hmm. some nice hard kicks and strikes in this match, some good suplexes as well. Um, but yeah, what'd you think of this overall? How'd you feel about it? Uh, you know, I thought it was, 
like like for being like a, a match with like a lot a lot of people in it, it was definitely a step over up over the young bucks thing. Oh, definitely. You know, definitely a little bit better, like blocked and easier to understand. You know, I thought it was like I really liked the story, like the whole Don Callis turning on Kenny Omega and, and the elevation up to Kesta. He's been Callis has yeah. been so good. Yeah, so so, so I think that alone was enough to, to make it really good for me, you know. Um, you know, you have the Jericho and Sammy stuff sprinkled in. Yeah, I think, you know, just involving Osprey more or just putting him in a match where it's where he can where his talents can be utilized, you know. Yeah, more I mean, obviously you know. you've seen him within the scope of AEW, but he just had a match with Yoda Suji, who's like one of the young up and coming New Japan guys who's already one of the best wrestlers in the world. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Those two guys had a five star match last week at like Osprey has just been a level above everybody. That includes Okada, Omega, Danielson, you name them all this year. He is a step above. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not, he didn't feel like an afterthought here by any means. And they started with he and Kenny, which was obviously great. Those two mixed it up a lot. But like I said earlier, like you said, just more involvement from him would have been nice. Cause yeah. I mean, he did hit that obvious, like so quickly, his spinning sky twister moonsault to the outside like out of nowhere which was great but you know obviously that Takeshita truly is the guy here you know we've talked about it he's gonna be AEW world champ this year he's or this year at some point in the next couple years Mm -hmm. he's been built up perfectly he looks so great every time I did love um you know, it took a while for Abushi to get tagged in. You know, he'd done a few yeah. like jumps outside and whatnot. And then it was pretty late in the match that he and Takeshita had their first like face to face. Yeah, yeah, place. yeah. And they had those chops and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad commentary referenced it because I've mentioned Kenny and Kota basically were like the mentors to Takeshita yeah. when he was 15, 16 years old coming up. So tons of history there, and I love that they made like a moment out of that. And then, yeah, they just started trading fucking hard elbows. Nobody does that better than Takeshita these days. Um, But yeah, a good, not great match given the personnel. Still very fun and entertaining and intrigued to see where this goes. But you got to think Kenny is going to start getting some dubs at some point. Yeah, But I'm cool with it. I think this makes sense, all of it. You know, it's like your longtime mentor, manager, your whole life. I mean, he knew him as a kid, turns on him. It's going to affect you. And Mm. it has continually affected him. And he has been the thorn in the side that he has been unable to overcome. And I think this is good storytelling. So we'll see where this ends. I did love the image of The Last Supper. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, too. During the dun, which was weird. I thought Osprey. See, that's another thing. Osprey should have gotten his own entrance. Yeah. Like he is too big of a star and the best wrestler in the world to be coming out to. As right? as it is, it's like give the guy a spotlight, and he might. I, I, JCB, everyone and their brother expects him to sign full time with AEW next year. Like, yes. it's no secret his New Japan contract is up. I think in February, he's been heavily involved in AEW. I mean, I, I would rather he stay in New Japan, but the writing's on the wall. It's like start elevating this guy to where he should be. But that's my biggest gripe from this match, and you know, a little sloppy at points. But like I said, still very, very entertaining. Yes. 
And so this is what's typically kind of the popcorn spot on the show, but there was not any of that here late. Um, no. We had FTR defeating Aussie Open, 20 minutes, 26 seconds. Great it took some time to get going, but once they kicked it into gear, yeah, this was awesome. Um, you know, I think it was the crowd was a little down because, again, this is a spot where you're used to, like, I got to go take a piss. I got to get a beer yeah. for the main event. Um, so I think it took some time for them to really get the crowd involved, but the work was outstanding. I mean, yeah. these are without a doubt, maybe the two best tag teams in the world right now. Um, you know, Aussie open really hasn't gotten to show it a ton in AEW, but man, if you would have seen some, what some of what they were doing, like end of last year, early this year, in new Japan, before they came over, they're incredible. It's yeah. a shame that Mark Davis broke his arm during this match, which you could tell. Commentary referenced it. It's like it was just dangling, and he was still going. Because that's another guy who has missed over a year for an ACL tear. Missed some time again earlier this year. So yeah. it's a shame. But what it does open up is Kyle Fletcher, hopefully to have a singles run, because that guy is fucking awesome. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, and he is somehow six foot five now. He doesn't yeah. stop growing, like for real. How old is um, he? Twenty four, I think. He's, wow. he's okay. dating yeah. Sky Blue. Wow. This guy's doing pretty well for himself. But um, yeah, like I said, I feel like it took a little bit to get. You know, all four of these last matches got over twenty minutes, which the earlier ones were all kind of shorter, other than the Hangman Swerve. So, um, you know, I think this could have benefited from going 15 minutes and really just fucking going right balls to the wall from the yeah. get-go. But like I said, great work here from two of the best tag teams in the world. Admittedly, after the Young Bucks win, like I said, I was really thinking and hoping that Aussie Open would win. Nothing against FTR, but it's like, like I just said, we need to legitimate these, legitimize these guys to the AEW audience. Because yes. Two months ago, or a month and a half ago, they were jobbing out to MJF and Adam Cole on the pre-show in what was a true comedy match. Yes. And if you were like, that kind of pissed me off at the time. It got. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, half, I was trying to remember when, when it was. Six and a half minutes. Yeah, and yeah. Kangaroo kick bullshit, uh -huh. which is funny. But again, it's like these guys are too good for that shit. Yeah. So, you know, Tony Khan, watch the tape from New Japan to see yeah. what these guys are capable of. And we saw a lot of it here, of course, like I said. But, uh, yeah, I know it seems like you may be even a little bit higher on it than me. But, yeah, what are your thoughts here? I was, you know, because FTR's style to me just sort of always sort of takes a little bit. There's sort of that more slow, like, scoping it out kind of thing. But once you get to the end, you just kind of get, like, all the big moves after big moves and suplexes and just kind of that more, like, the best of that more grounded style. So I kind of accept that as sort of a function of, of, of an FTR match. Like, mm -hmm. there's it's more slow building and grounded, and it's not going to be just bouncing off the ropes and in the air. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's, that's kind of why I was more into it. And, you know, for me, this was also a big showcase for Aussie Open, too, just because yeah. I hadn't really seen much of them outside of that job out. Um, that they did on the pre-show yeah um and this was just yeah spectacular you know i was very very just kind of impressed with how they were able just to go toe to toe with them 
They're um, so good at yeah. the double team moves. Uh-huh. Different from the Bucks, who's obviously more like flash and flying, but just like the power double team type moves they and do that, are so good. And FTR is kind of like that too. I feel like you know big yeah. rigs stuff like that. And I mean that just you know boils down to things like body type and stuff like. Well, that. it makes you realize how much bigger both Aussie Open guys are. are than them. Oh yeah, than Cash and, and Dax, which they're yeah. probably like in the five eleven range. They're short but like. stout, obviously. But yeah. yeah. Fletcher's 6'5", wiry, not a small dude, and Dump Truck Davis is probably 6'2", and just a fucking man. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like I said, still a very good match. Disappointed slightly by... not. I just wanted the Young Bucks not to win. Yeah, yeah, so no, like, I, yeah, I do, I do too. And kind of, you know, whatever result kind of. Unless it was Aussie Open here, that would have made a little bit more yeah. sense to me. And I think they maybe had one match sometime last year. I honestly can't remember. But yeah. anywho, let's slide into the main event. Let's slide in, which was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> definitely very storyline driven here, but the action was brutal. Yeah. Darby Allen is fucking insane yeah he does just the stuff he um is just willing to take yeah Yeah. but christian cage father of the fucking year bringing prominence back to the tnt championship defeats darby allen in 25 minutes 17 seconds with the help of one nick wayne which again we talked about earlier you know the writing was kind of on the wall i still didn't really see it happening here Mm. Um, I, but as soon as the ref went down, I even texted JCB. I'm like, here we go. I was thinking edge was coming out then to help Christian get the win. So that's another ref, you know, and I also was thrown off because I'm like, Oh fuck, Nick Wayne. Like that was, it was, the execution was great. And I liked how how this ended with the ref, how like, um, Christian just grabbed Bryce Warrensburg's pants and like pulled him over (laughs) and then he woke, which is different than the usual ref, um, Ref spots, some interesting spots though that I liked. Um, you know that stretcher spot with Darby. Uh-huh. Oh, dude, I yeah. fucking loved that. Has anyone ever done that before? Like, like in big time, you know, like televised wrestling. I can't, I can't yeah, remember spot like I mean, that. They, it took him a while, but it was so good because yeah, he took that insane bump onto the steps, like the yeah. second bump onto the steps, and that mm. second one was fucking brutal. Like he mm. literally just threw him onto there, bonk. Yes, and you know medicals coming out and all the while christian's just fucking ripping up the ring <laughs> yeah which is great <laughs> going just all around just ripping it up With and they're the tending to yeah. darby commentaries mm-hmm. like this match is over like that's yeah. what they're saying like this is done and christian's just cutting the ring just, just more and more and I'm more dying. and then all yeah. of a sudden he climbs up and i am dying laughing oh mm-hmm. man this guy is on fire right now. Yeah, hits the frog splash onto Darby on the stretcher. Mm-hmm. And then they come in. The ring's obviously all torn to shit. Um, and uh, yeah, Christian getting in Nick Mom's Nick Mom, Nick Wayne's mom's face multiple times throughout this match. Mm-hmm. He, of course, comes down at the end. Um yeah, I guess he had showed he showed like Nick Wayne's mom's the belt. It, God, I can't talk. Nick Wayne's mom the belt first, and then Nick mm-hmm. stole the belt, and that's like, oh shit. Yeah. And then again, the camera angle I thought was perfect here, and kudos to him. Like yeah. I said, the execution was great. I did not see this coming right then and there in that moment, and he just fucking clocked Darby. Yes, and then yeah, like <laughs> Christian like said something to him real quick, and then like you said. 
rips the ref back in, hits the three count on the wood. And yeah, what a brutal, yeah. awesome, good, good story match. match. Yeah. Good story match. Like, like, like a story match, you know, um, you know, in ring stuff, you know, like, 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 in, like good spots for a story match, you know, and it, it, and it didn't, you know, at the outset, try to be like a good, like FTR wrestling match or something like that. You know, it was, it wanted to be a story match. This, the whole yeah. Time. This was never going to be about work yeah, yeah. rate. It was yeah, always, yeah. it was going to be a fight. There's a lot of bad blood here. No mm -hmm. doubt. And yeah. yeah, Darby had pinned Christian twice. Um, but yeah. And then of course, Post-match, fast forward, um, is it It was Christian, Nick Wayne, and Luchasaurus started kind of beating down Darby. Sting comes out to no music, which I yeah. thought was weird. He just, like, you see up the aisle someone come out, and I'm like, no way that's fucking edgy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Sting, and he kind of just saunters his ass down to the ring. And I can't remember, did they like, I know you just watched, did they beat him up at all or did Edge they, they, come they, out? They did, like, like okay. Sting kind of like got his hits in and then they got it to a point where he was down on the ground. And oh yeah, and then Nick they had Wayne, the, chair, they, the concerto yeah, yeah. ready. Yeah, yeah, they were kicking him, they were going to do the concerto, and then out comes Edge. Yes, um, which come, to his to his WWE music as well, um, yeah. which I thought was pretty cool. Um they they changed the very beginning. The "You Think You Know Me" part sounded mm -hmm. a little bit different, but other yeah. than that, it was the same song. Lights went out. He's of course fucking fired up. Um, yeah, a great great moment in yeah. AEW here. I mean, similar to like All Out 2021 with yeah. you know, Cole and Danielson coming at the very end. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this one definitely less shocking. Like I said, I think a lot of people were expecting this, especially oh, yeah, when it's, they announced it as the main, the main event. event. Yeah. But we talked a lot about it earlier. I'm excited. He grabbed that. I and I texted JCB. I'm like, take the chair, Adam. Take the chair. And but once he got down there and got, I'm like, he ain't. He's not yeah, he, Christian here, right? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think, Edge. You know, he's been a baby face in WWE since right. he came back. Yeah. Obviously, he can excel at both. But you know, it's obviously harder to be a good baby face than a heel. And I think that's kind of what's needed now for this feud. Uh, which will now shift from Ed or Darby and Christian to Christian and Edge, which is mm -hmm. awesome, and I can't wait. But again, like I said earlier, just the thought of those two healing it up together in this current landscape, and it may happen one day, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did say in the press conference that he's, if it didn't. That he's point, here yeah. full time. He's going to be out there every week until he can't go anymore. So again, this is not just uh, Edge is going to kind of show up whenever he wants. He's going to be there, wow. and this is fresh, exciting. And Christian and he like they grew up together. They've been best friends their whole life. So it's like, why not end your career having some fun over here with your boy? And like you said, new challenges, new opponents, new audience. You know, yes. obviously, I'm sure pretty much all AEW fans watch WWE to some extent, but like you know. This is probably some people that haven't really seen a ton of edge, you know, new fans, things like mm -hmm. that. So, yeah. yeah, very, very exciting. Yeah. Any uh, just kind of final thoughts on the match, this angle, the show moving forward? What yeah, you got? I, I think this is just a net positive for AEW, just a, just a movement up. You know, like just kind of a just an upward sort of from, movement from for, all in to now. I feel yeah. like has been a very nice and for a company like whenever they've had the moments or whenever the moment has come to be like, all right, our stories are kind of coming to a head. Like lately, it's been a little bit more down than up. 
like this was like a really big up for them. And I'm really excited just to see, you know, what Edge is doing and just kind of with these sort of reshaken feuds, you know, even some of them, unfortunately, caused by injury, you know, kind of what's going to sort of come of it with the build to full gear, because it's going to be different than like the builds have been the last year. There's going to well, be just so you know, Tony just, Khan is kind of calling when so Wednesday is the fourth anniversary of Dynamite. And he's already said, like, this is a new era of AEW, whatever yeah. that means. I don't know if they're going to change the set, you know, do yeah. different things or what, or if we're just saying it's a new era. But I agree, like CM Punk getting the axe. That was a big like, all right, we're moving on from that greener pastures. And Edge, like we said, can slot right into that, like, legend, still a star, can still go. I mean, he's as big of a name as CM Punk, as far as I'm concerned, without all the bullshit. And mm -hmm. just a good guy that really cares. And he had also said, like, I'll help anyone out. My door is open, which CM Punk did as well, but that is uh, not true. I truly believe it with Edge. Like, he's he's always felt like a good human being to me and willing to give back to this next generation. And like I said, the guy can still go. He just yeah. had an awesome match with Sheamus in his home of Toronto. It's kind of his last WWE match. Um, I'm fucking here for it. And yeah, just the summer, you know, spring and into the summer for AEW, I thought was kind of down. We talked double or nothing. And I was just kind of becoming a little more disenfranchised with the product. It's kind of lacked its purity a little bit. But yeah, I'm starting to feel pretty pretty good about things here as we kind of go into full gear yeah. and then into 2024. Yeah, the stock is like from a large picture overall, like up for the first time in a minute, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, um, cool. You got anything else to say or should we get out of here? Boy. Boy.